You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If it's not now, then tell me when would be the time she would stand up and be a man. Folks to lose, I could accept. But to surrender, I just wept and regretted this moment. Hey everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. Uh, we just beat the Bears. Boy, the Bears are just awful. Um, and uh, we'll talk about all the funsies that we had there and the upcoming game against the Buccaneers coming up. But before we do that, first, uh, in urban Wauwatosa, um, watching uh, stuff that we have. <laughs> Keeping it professional. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I remember vividly watching Justin Fields play for Ohio State, and I remember seeing him uncork a beautiful pass that was the final nail in the coffin to convince me that that man is going to be an excellent NFL quarterback. I remember exactly how I felt and how sure I was, and I'm wrong. Yeah, he's I bad. Think I, I think I'm wrong. I think I am too, and I had this, a similar problem with Justin Fields because he actually ticked a lot of metrics of a good professional quarterback in terms of accuracy and arm strength and things like that, um, but I'm adding this. He's an educational piece because I'm adding... Uh, time to throw to my scouting uh, piece. Uh, he uh, he sits back there way too long and takes way too much time and takes too many sacks. And I think it is um, sometimes that's a guy looking for big plays. I think it's also a mark of somebody who's just not processing the game quickly enough. And I think that's Justin Fields' big problem. He's not seeing people open. They were they were people open. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna. I don't want to wait too long to bring to bring Matt in because I I want to talk to Matt about something too. So introduce yourself. And I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. Thank you. Acme Packing Company, Meme Weaver in general, Twitter, Rabble Rouser. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to praise you for your baseball joke. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. It was, it was first, first of all, I, it's one of those where, like, I am I am sad I didn't think of it, but it was, <laughs> I, I don't think I ever would have. It was very, very clever. Um, and uh, it, it was, I, I just wanted, it, it, it hit all the right Twitter levels of humor. It, it had two different niches crossing each other uh, where you, you would have to have some experience in both of them to get the thing in the first place. It involved the dong bot, which for everybody listening who doesn't listen to the baseball podcast is not dirty. It just tells you which MLB stadiums home runs would have happened in and when the ones that wouldn't. And it was great. We, we used to describe memes all the time on here. And, and Matt, it was just, I, I laughed out loud in my office when I saw it. You did, you did great. Okay, so for for those who haven't seen it, um, my friend Aaron posted a picture of the Soldier Field super messed up lines that they drew during the rainstorm. For two weeks ago, yeah. And uh, said that the Justin Fields dive for the pylon would have been a touchdown in Soldier Field that day. Yes. And I said, wow, it's like the Wood at Dong bot, but for touchdowns, we have (laughs) a unicorn. unicorn. (laughs) And the unicorn is so good, too. Like I I feel like that's like a 10% uh, Dong bot joke. Like Not everybody sees a unicorn on that thing. They don't happen that often. 
So it was great. They, I, they, they happen a lot at Wrigley, though, and apparently also at Soldier. Something Rig- about Chicago. Yep, that's a good point. I think I, I believe Wrigley um, has the most unicorns on the Dongbot. I think that's doesn't, a. Doesn't Wrigley have a stupid center field or something? It's it, got a basket. It's got a basket that stretches out over the fence. Um, it's so that people don't crash into the, the brick. Um, it makes home runs very obvious, and it makes mm. their power alleys are actually like weirdly shallow. So that's that's why. Well, like five minutes in, and we have barely mentioned football. We are mid-season form, gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, I'll start by talking about football. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a change. I like it. <laughs> that was um, great segue. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Packers really just pounded the crap out of the Bears. I, I the 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 play that everyone remembers is the one we're talking about, where he, uh, he Justin Fields makes that dive, doesn't quite get in, and then there's that fourth down stop where I think. Pretty much everybody under the sun agrees that it is a touchdown. It yes. did cross the plane, yep. but there is not actual visual evidence of that happening. Right. I wonder what you think. Do you, do you feel like I honestly, I watched that in the moment. I was like, yeah, it's a touchdown, but who cares? They're going to win anyway. And maybe, maybe I was wrong to feel that way. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't watching the first half. So I was maybe a little bit out of the flow, but did, did it feel like there was a chance the bears could still win that nah, game? At I'm, that wi- moment? I'm with you on that. It, it didn't uh, matter see, to me. I, as soon as the Dylan fumble, went the other way i was like oh god like this is how i die but they were so <laughs> bad like the, the the bears were horrible in this game i, I just yeah. it, it would have only brought them to within seven like the packers still could have like run the clock and potentially scored it. Uh, it, it did not scare me at all i don't think it really impacted the game that much it was a touchdown i, I honestly it just made me mad at like replay theory which is stupid um just because you can't see the ball doesn't mean that you can't be be very very certain that it crossed the line like it definitely did i um, mean like like the way his hand was he had to have it, yes like an, an inch of ball in his hand it was cross the plane yeah like, there's, there is no physical way it couldn't have been a touchdown so you should call it a touchdown it's stupid that you have to see the ball but I yeah believe, the first well, i was gonna say i believe like I, that was the play where i tweeted like like the screw job by the refs that the bears fans are always complaining about finally happened and it was inconsequential yep I think the frustration is you end up deferring to the call on the field, which is a view that two guys had in real time from opposite ends of the field versus what you have on replay, which is a very close shot showing very, you know, very precisely how easily that could be a touchdown. It doesn't make sense that you would defer to a much worse real time view of that play. Like just use the context clues you have. You're allowed to do that, I mean, obviously in replay, you're not necessarily allowed to do that, but that's still that's that's a frustration of the process, not just football. It's a good general. point. Like you, I was gonna say, you goddamn baseball fans and your robo humps. Oh, that's literally a view, Jr. That it's a burden of proof issue, and like we talk all the time about setting burdens of proof properly to reflect what the reality of the situation is. And you're right about that. There's no reason to defer to officials who can't see Jack on the field. There, just look up at the the board and get the thing right. It makes perfect the sense. Burden, the burden of proof is on the state. And we were in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> so that's so it went the way of Wisconsin. Anyway, I, I really I don't think it mattered. It just didn't matter. The Bears were so uh, other than the running game, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Like Justin Fields couldn't do anything like he, after the, the flea flicker. He didn't throw another. He threw one pass of consequence uh, to his backup tight end for 18 yards. Every other pass was a negative EPA play, which is amazing, but true. Um, so Without the ability to pass, they weren't going to come back. It wasn't scary, and they were going to lose no matter what. They suck. They're awful. 
All right. Uh, well, let's start with the news before the game that Elton Jenkins was going to be back. Yeah. And uh, some mixed, a little bit mixed, I guess, on like how he did, you know, versus his standards. But it seems like having him back kind of solidified everything. It was it was 90% of Elton Jenkins, which is 100% better than anything else they have mm, as yeah, an option. That's exactly right. And pushing Jake Hansen even, even more so because... <laughs> Uh, it's hard to imagine. Well, I think Arkan asked a question later. It's hard to imagine a much of a larger upgrade than that. Uh, you you push the the disaster guy off the field and you get one of your best guys back. He he was pretty good. He wasn't great, but uh, th- that's one of the main reasons they ran the ball so dominantly is they had they had a bunch of good horses out there and they ripped open holes and pulled like mad. Um, this was one of the most athletic offensive line performances you'll ever see in the running game. And well, jo- the, Josh Myers ran razz. like four miles in this game. <laughs> well, the, the minimum raz on the offensive line is like eight five. It is. <laughs> so it's just hyper athletes that weigh three hundred pounds. I will say this: the Packer running game is really fun to watch if you watch the linemen um, because they're all over the damn place. They. Uh, they get outside super fast. I can't wait to see Zach Tom out there more just because he's like the fastest one of them. But Josh Myers is great at pulling, and he just leveled a bunch of guys. He wasn't perfect. He had some problems too, but he was great in the run game. I don't know if people realize how unnatural it is for it to have a center. I shouldn't say unnatural, but like unusual to have a center who's six foot five. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's so he's an unusual guy. And mauling people, having a game like he did, uh, that's uh, it, it looks like it works. Looks like it's a great idea. Yep. It was fantastic. I am a little surprised AJ was. So Aaron Jones, not surprising. Aaron Jones is awesome and was awesome last week on a per play basis. AJ having some problems, though, well, behind AJ, the same line. Okay, so the I think it's different, though, in that AJ ran almost exclusively between the tackles, and he was just expected to. JR, are you okay? He's not. I'm not okay. <laughs> a, Brewers, a bad Brewers thing. Yeah. I have to tell you that that. I don't, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so AJ was kind of asked just to push the pile. I think he wasn't expected to really like get many yards beyond first contact instead of like, so it was seeking contact and four yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing. Cause I mean, he was still averaging like five yards a carry. It wasn't the 9.6 that Jones was. I don't think he was. I'm going to pull it up. I thought it was like three. Was he that good? So it was he had uh he had 10 carries for 50 yards at one point when Jones had 115 yards something like that. Oh, all right. Maybe he was better than I remember. So um, he was but that's the thing is it's it, it, the juxtaposition against Jones's amazing performance makes Dylan's look worse. <laughs> um I do th- I feel like he still got stuff too much and looked tentative in the backfield. He did, he did he he did and he was his usual patience turned he, into tentative. He had worker. 18 carries for 61 yards. So, okay, so so at one point he was five yards a carry, and then that apparently just took a big old poopy. Apparently so. Jeez, that's rough. But th- that's two games in a row where I've seen him run into the backs of people way too much. So I, I just think it's I think it's worth monitoring that. Um, that. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. Next in the in the rundown, you have Aaron spread the ball around Lazard, Watkins, Dobbs, Cobb, Bob, Cobb, Bob, <laughs> Watson, and the backs. Um, Apparently, among the wide receivers, Lazard ran the most routes he at did. fourteen. Yep, and Watkins, uh, Sammy Watkins had the most catches with four. So, like, Rogers is still force feeding this it's tight end and running back combo, though. Yes, that's true. It was it, this game is a little different because he didn't have to do other stuff. You know, chances were not warranted to beat the Bears in this game. He could check down, and it worked. I still want to see him do it, but it makes sense. 
and it's nice to see him. This was like a vintage, uh, I'm going to say Favre's name, just to reference how he played, not who he is. It was kind of a vintage Favre game where he used to hit like every single receiver on the team like once or twice and not, you know, not Devontae Adams 18 million times in a row. So. Well, what was, so when, when Matt Ryan won MVP, 2016? Yeah, something like that. Um, he threw touchdown passes to like 26 different receivers or some stupid stat like that. It, this felt like that. It did. And I like this. Um, assuming everybody contributes and isn't just like getting dump offs, it makes it harder to defend everybody because you don't know where he's going. You know, you can you can put guys on Lazard, but if he's perfectly content to throw it to Watkins or any of the other people who aren't Amari Rogers, um, that's that's tough to deal with. So it, it's hey, a um, good Amari. Amari got a snap this you, week. You know what snap it was, right? No, I don't. You do, it, it was it was a kneel down. Oh, <laughs> why would they put him out there? I feel that's mean. Is that just trolling him? Feels like it is just trolling him, oh. isn't it? <laughs> well, all I can say is he's returning for us now. So you know, they always have the guys on the kneel down who are there just to, to jump on the ball if it, if it hits the ground. I think he was one of them. So it's like it's like people who aren't good enough to make the hands team. <laughs> apparently what a nightmare yep that's that sucks for him um the 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 bear secondary can't be good though i mean sammy watkins getting wide open is cool and all i just don't know how okay he that is he shook eddie jackson out of his damn cleats i don't know what the hell is wrong with that he's got he's got problems (laughs) he really does i think he just doesn't trust anybody else on his team so he's just like freelancing all the time but you're right he he should have covered that play <laughs> yeah, because so so Watkins is running this it kind of looks like a nine it turns into a deep crosser and just like Jackson's just like okay yeah you got it and then turns around and is like oh god he's open like <laughs> but th- their secondary is not good they do have a couple of good players in it Eddie's not one of them Jalen's Jalen's pretty good but uh yeah but Jalen got cooked on a lot of plays where where uh Christian should have been targeted yeah he did I think I think that's more of a testament testament to Christian than it is anything else. He was, well, I also th- I also think it's Christian being able to throw a double move and running a four three versus a guy who runs a four five. Yep, that too. It was good though. Uh, I loved how Pat O'Donnell. I I know I'm moving around going to. Well, it's next on the rundown. It so is. I'm going to do You're Pat going. O'Donnell. Uh, against his old team yeah. with two booming booming punts. Even the punters get fired up to face their old team. I love that. <laughs> yeah, but also it was a like I'm not going to say the name that we get in trouble for saying now but it was very indicative of like i don't care if this is a touchback i'm gonna kick the piss off yeah it was it was great and i love that we had a low-key pat o'donnell revenge game it's good to see is it weird that i don't even know which coach we're talking about when we say which special teams coach's name we don't say not special coach player punter punter oh we can't say his name either uh remember we were like so, our podcast dropped it was it shortly after or shortly before the allegations came out and people were like you sons of bitches. oh we're not wow. talking about we, we're, we're talking about okay i get it yeah. yeah i thought we were talking about bojo never mind <laughs> to everybody Ooh, listening Bojo's... we're talking about matt Ariza, who we don't talk about anymore he's, he's a <laughs> yeah. scumbag i thought we i wow the baseball so, has fried my brain i'm sorry former former packers punters uh jk scott's actually doing pretty well with the chargers Bojo's doing something, right? Isn't he with Jets? He's somewhere, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. I thought it was the Browns, but let's uh let's do Maybe it. Might, it might be the Browns. We do have the Googles, so uh, let's do it. Um, I have a mechanical keyboard. If I start typing, you guys are gonna know it. 
uh, he's with the Browns. Oh, there you go. And he uh, is. so uh, see, the Browns lost to the Jets. I was close. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, it's not a team you want to be on in general this year. It's not uh, not going to be super fun for non Cleveland Browns fans yeah. to. Uh, I don't know. I think Jacoby is just playing his little heart out. <laughs> uh, net average of thirty nine point two on four punts last week. Oh yeah. no, that's good. Yeah, that's not bad. That's all right. Oh, net, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh net. That was, that was week one. Forty six point seven on three punts in week two. Good job, Bojo. Of course, the weather hasn't cooled down yet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, that's true. Yes, you guys think that O'Donnell's gonna suck once it gets cold? Pat will be fine. He will be good. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so it's I feel like it's hard to read how the defense did if Justin Fields is you know because like they're gonna go from this to Tom Brady yeah and <laughs> that's like I going from Jake Hansen to Elton Jenkins. <laughs> so I don't know if it's it seems like the secondary played a little better. Um, I don't know. Well, I they, think safety uh, is probably still a concern, right? And I think the Packers address that by playing Penny. Yep, which. I don't remember seeing before. No, I think uh, that's weird. That's I mean, we've been saying they only have one safety, right? So that's what Penny is, right? One safety? Yeah, one safety, three DBs. So it's like nickel without having to lose a linebacker. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying they only have one safety. So just play the one. It makes sense to me. You know, it would be really indicative. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mediocre. But it would be indicative of playing cover one man, which they should a lot. Yep. Um, I, I will say for this game, it was a nice Eric Stokes bounce back game. And I, I do think he'll be fine as long as he's not going up against a route running savant, which he definitely wasn't in this game. <laughs> uh, and he just he crushed people. He was good. Um, so that's nice to see. But yeah, sorry, I just what? I just went to burp and I stopped my video instead of muting myself. Oh, great. Mm. Well, at least we didn't see it. That's the oh, important yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well done. brain, gentlemen. I apologize. Right. So a tweet from Courtney Cronin that you highlight here yes. uh, to, to contextualize just how bad this was for Fields. Uh, he has the longest average time before pass in the NFL, 3.26 seconds. Which, Horrible. Yeah. I, I, I mean, for, for the lay person, that just doesn't sound that long, but it's long. It's not good enough. Uh, his off-target percentage, which is 30%, is the second highest in the NFL. And according to next-gen stats, the average separation on field's targets is 3.93 yards, the fourth highest. In other words, his receivers are getting open, yep. and he is still not hitting them. Correct. Not great. Also, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, do you believe that Courtney is related to Kevin? I don't know who that person is. So. Kevin and Cronin? I can't fight this feeling anymore. Oh, I was JR with the Damn backdoor it. cover. Thank you, sir. Off key I was, though. <laughs> Kevin Cronin, <laughs> the lead singer of REO Speedwagon. Huh. All right. Maybe. Who knows? Is he still the lead singer of REO Speedwagon? I feel like he does his own thing now. And does REO, REO Speedwagon still singer. exist? Oh, uh, yeah, of course it does. Do you know how many <laughs> dollars there are in nostalgia? Uh, I'm pretty sure they still tour with a different lead singer and Kevin Cronin rocks his own thing, like See, his, casinos his, and stuff. His Wikipedia says that he is the lead vocalist, rhythm guitarist, and occasional pianist of Mario Speedwagon. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is the band now and everybody, I, I don't know. I could be. It's like a panic you know, at the disco. Maybe I'm thinking kind of, of Journey or I, I don't know. It's well, Journey has that uh, Korean dude now. That's true. Uh, Filipino, I believe. Oh, okay. Am I wrong on that? I might be. I don't, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think Filipino. you're right, but I'm not 100% sure. And uh, at least Panic, uh, compared to Panic at the Disco, at least they play their shows when they're scheduled to come to the Ooh. Ooh. I was definitely, I mean, whatever. It's COVID. I'm not going to like th- throw real stones. But man, that ruined my Friday evening. I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> oh, side note, speaking of 
leaving your band. My wife is currently at a Mumford and not his son's concert. Oh, oh yeah, Marcus. Just, yeah. just Marcus Mumford? Just Marcus Mumford. He just released an album like two days ago. This is only his like second or third date on his tour. Wow, so that's good. Okay. Yeah. It's always good to get the second or third. First day, they work out the kinks, lots of issues with the tech and whatnot. And then day two and three, they're like still rocking the, hey, I'm on tour. I feel good. Well, and so now we if, know where all our marks are. If I randomly drop out of the podcast for 10 minutes, it's because I'm alone with my kids. Right. Understood. <laughs> ah, I like Marcus Mumford fine, but I like him better with Oscar Isaac. Otherwise, no. Oh, you he, he, inside Lewin Davis. He is. Uh, he's. Oh. He's Lewin Davis's deceased partner. Partner, and that's Marcus Mumford. I did not know that. That's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember F. Murray Abraham sitting there saying, "I oh, don't man. see a lot of money he's here." He's so what a good. Great scene. It is a great he's in scene. The, he's in the movie for like two minutes and just incredible heat check by F. Murray Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, so the flea flicker that was really awesome. Dustin Fields <laughs> threw for seventy yards. <laughs> 70 yards and 30 of them were on a flea flicker to Equinemius St. Brown. My favorite part about him only throwing for 70 yards is that when ESPN does stats, they remove uh, yards from your passing yards for sacks. Yeah. So according to ESPN, he lost 22 yards on sacks. Yeah. So according to ESPN, he only threw for 48. (laughs) Yep. So uh, going back up to Courtney's tweet. So uh, Fields targets, that being the people he threw the ball to, had a lot of separation. One of those was the flea flicker where EQ had a ton of separation because it was a flea flicker. Um, and a lot of the other ones were open because the Packers didn't care. Um, <laughs> I, I went through and I, I uh, grabbed all of the uh, EPAs for every single pass he completed. And, and uh, they were all negative except for one. Um, they were like all throws, on, like nine-yard gains on third and 17. Like every single completion was that. He had a three-yard completion to Khalil Herbert at the end of the half where the Packers didn't care. I'm sure he was open by 10 yards because who cares if that happens. So um, that stat's a little bit deceptive, but uh, he still sucked. He was awful. And he was, he act, my, here, here, here's my favorite, my favorite Justin Fields stat from this game. So Darnell Mooney, he was targeted twice. He caught one ball for negative four yards. <laughs> he averaged negative 0.74 EPA per play. Uh, after the flea flicker, um, Justin Fields also averaged negative seven point uh, seven four yards per play, EPA per play. So mm. he was as valuable per play as a receiver who caught one out of two balls for negative four yards. Gentlemen, I think the Bears are not going to be a threat in the NFC for a few years. Nope. Yet. I can't believe they won a game. It's incredible. <laughs> well, it required okay. an act of God. That See, was yeah, a, that's I, the thing. I, is, is we all agreed it was a burn the film game. It was a burn the film game. It's still amazing they won it. Like, you shouldn't lose to this team. That's that's amazing. You know, and and the, I still don't think the Packers then played all that well. Like they they did. The running game was good or whatever. But I don't know. Do, do you leave feeling really confident that that's a team that can even hang with Tampa? Like no. I'm I'm sure they can hang no. with Tampa, but I, they, we haven't seen it on film this before, year. And before we move to Tampa, we should talk about how crappy they were at stopping the run. Um, did we do that already? I don't, we didn't talk about specifically no. how much Devondre Campbell has sucked this year, so we definitely haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, and Quay Walker seems to be a work in progress. He had a couple. He's had flash plays that the tackle of Fields, but it seems like he well, also kind of had a rough. Quay also had PFF has those stops. stops. Yes, stops. Yeah, apparently he had some stops. He had five okay. stops to lead all rookies. Uh, I thought he was actually the one who was kind of good. Um, everybody else was trash though. Deron Reed was bad. De- Devondre Campbell um, last year. His broken tackle rate was 3%, and so far this year it's 15%. Well, hmm. So one out of six guys who get to Devondre Campbell are escaping Devondre Campbell, and that's not good. That's very bad. 
What, what's the story there, do we think? Uh, well, part of it's probably regression to the mean. You know, Devondre Campbell was super awesome last year, but <laughs> he wasn't before. <laughs> yep, drink. He wasn't awesome before last year, and, you know, those big jumps don't always stick all the way. It, you know, sometimes they go all the way back, but they, they usually drop down a little bit. He's probably not as good as he played last year in the grand scheme of things, and he's a year older. Um, it's also possible that he's getting worse. We thought Jerron Reed next to... Kenny was going to be really good on the defensive line. He's been trash. And it's also possible that Devondre is just not getting as clean of looks as he did last year, which is weird to say because they weren't good up front last year. But uh, Kenny was awesome last year, and I think that helped a lot, and he hasn't been quite so good. And then Adrian Amos sucking also is not good for the run game. That's very bad, too. Darnell, too, but Amos has got to improve there. I think it's all that combined. It's not good. You should be able to stop yeah, the Bears' well, run and, when they can't pass at all. Right. I was just going to say that. They had no passing game, so you've got to be able to figure something out on the ground. And ugh, I don't know, man. It's not great for this next game. That's for sure. I agree with you. It did not make me feel good about it at all. Um, I think they still have a lot of questions, and beating the Bears doesn't prove jack. You know, it's 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 a preseason game. It's like when Wisconsin, who did Wisconsin just beat? New Mexico State? Mm-hmm. This was beating New Mexico State, and now we go to play Ohio State, and t- you know tells you nothing about it, zero. <laughs> you, you know jack about it because you beat them. Yeah, uh, I tell you what I did love is the post game conversation that the announcers had with Jair Alexander breaking down his interception, late game interception that you know put the final dagger in. Uh, that guy, that guy is a wild time, and. I think there's a little bit of wild card with him because yep. he's already butted heads with the defensive staff over over the whole guarding Justin Jefferson thing. But like, he is he is a free spirit, wild wild energy, and he he clearly knows he's great. Um, so far that seems to be paying off and and not going the other way. And uh, I I I very much enjoy this guy. He's probably he's getting to the point where he might be my favorite favorite player on this team. He is yeah. fun. He's awesome. I I agree with all of that, and I like my corners to be like that. Uh, I, I feel like. Mm-hmm. That's where you want the super confidence and the super boisterousness and, and you know, the guy to talk trash. Um, all, all of the good ones kind of do that for the most part. And um, Yeah. It went a little south, though. Like Jalen Ramsey kept talking trash after maybe he wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably still fine. It's just, you know, that, that skill, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't age. It changes. It, it doesn't age well. It does not age well. I think you, I do, you need the confidence level when you still have the athleticism to be truly great, but when the athleticism starts to leave you a little bit, it can be embarrassing for you, but that's just life for a cornerback. That just happens. Uh, but he's he's amazing, and I hope that he I honestly hope he bosses his way into getting to do what he wants because I think he might be a better defensive coordinator than Joe is. So um, let's make that happen. Well, I think Penny is a good move towards that happening. <laughs> yep, and Razul can also kind of flip to safety when safety is needed in that formation as well. So, <laughs> as of right now, Sewell is a better tackler than than Savage. So, <laughs> or, or, he is, or Amos, really, not great. Yikes! Yep, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, okay, Are we ready to talk I, about them. The money line is my, is Tampa Bay minus one. Yeah. Well, that's because Mike Evans right now is suspended. He comes back if he wins his appeal on Wednesday. I think we find that money line moves a little bit, don't you? Well, so the be- the best line for Tampa Bay right now is minus three, but the- you can find minus one, which is, th- yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm taking. People that. love Aaron Rodgers, so, man. They love him. They love it. So Tampa has problems too. This is this is not as good a team as last time we played them. 
um, they are injury ravaged and they they have some problems, but they're they are strong where the Packers are weak. So there's it's like great, but they're down to their third string left tackle, and so that's great. Preston might eat, Rashawn might eat. That's good. Getting pressure with four is how you need to beat him. Um, and Hakeem Hicks out for the at least a month with a torn plantar fascia, which um, hurts their interior line, which is good if you want to run on them. They still have Vita, but it's good that you know. R.I.P. Vince Beagle. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Isn't that what he and, had? Uh, yes, it's not a great injury. It, it keeps you out for a long time. They say a month for him. I bet he misses the whole season. Yeah, usually three hundred pound dudes don't come back from foot injuries yep. very well. And and both Chris Godwin and Julio Jones missed last week as well. And Godwin, I think, is likely to be back. But Julio, they say he was a game-time decision. But anybody who knows Julio Jones knows that it's it's a game-time decision until he plays. And um, he, uh, he might miss it again, too. They signed Cole Beasley over the week uh, in case they need somebody. He is on the Bucks now in case you need to hate the Bucks more than you already do. Um, <laughs> that that's uh, They're planning to be down at least one guy okay who's gonna make the obvious joke about the shot that. in the arm it's a g- <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, I've heard that joke seven times today well it, it is a classic of the genre so uh, it's better than shooting yourself in the foot like uh like a, <laughs> another former receiver would be uh credited with so yeah um, burris man yeah, who are they going to throw the ball to if Godwin and Jones are limited well, and and Evans is out? Well, what's it, what's the name? Easy. What's a name that is incredibly triggering for Packer fans? Well, Scotty is, Miller. He's not Scotty even there Miller. anymore, is he? he is. Scotty he's, Miller's still, he's still there. there. Yeah, he is. Still I, there, thought yeah. He, I thought he was. Oh, you know what? I'm still thinking of maybe when he went on IR last season. Yeah, he missed most know. of last year, but he is still on the Buccaneers. Uh, I guess my big worry is that they don't really have to throw it that much. Um, the Bears just ran at will against the Packers and. While the Buccaneers' offensive line is is hurt, it's you know Leonard Fournette's still really good, and up the middle they're still pretty solid. They're so, good on the right side too, so yeah, I expect a lot of strong side strong side runs. runs. Like they can still do some damage. You know, if Tom Brady just has to throw like we said, he, we joked he wouldn't throw eleven passes. What if he only has to throw eleven passes by necessity instead of by desire? You know. Um, yeah, that him and his grim Fandango looking ass. Every once in a while, when he was on the Patriots. They would have a game like that. It was usually against the Bills when the Bills had a horrific run defense, and uh, Bill Belichick would call like a forty-run game, and, and they would barely pass it, and they'd still destroy the hell out of them. They're not above that. Like it's not a, the Buccaneer way necessarily, but it's a weakness. They'll pound the Packer weakness. So, man, uh, I miss, I miss like you would just take whatever the newest running back for the Patriots was on fantasy, and then get rid of him like two weeks later because you know he would get used up. So, yep. so you would get these like 30 point fantasy games out of a running back and then you would never hear from that person again <laughs> that is how things roll um but yeah i mean they're they're we- so they're weak at, r- at wide receiver and so that's good but the packers really have to stop the run like that's what it comes down to like reed's got to play better and campbell's got to play better and amos has to play better or otherwise they'll still score points and the the tampa defense is still quite good so it's all the same damn names it's yeah Vita Vita. Carlton or Devin White. No, Carlton Davis is still there. He is. He's and having Jamel a bad year, Dean. But he's still there. Jamel Dean's awesome. Antoine Winfield's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mike Edwards is awesome. He's their safety. Um, they have. They're just loaded on defense. They've allowed 13 points this year. So you gotta. You know, it, they don't have to score many points to beat you most of the time. And if the Packers play their same conservative nonsense they played against the Vikings, which 
Tampa can make Aaron do, and they has done in the past, they'll lose this stupid game like 17 to 10 or some crap like that, which is my big yeah. worry for this one. Well, it's funny. So in the APC Slack today, we were talking about vibes after the Akeem Hicks injury announcement. And I was like, look, man, my vibes are going to be super low until there's an announcement that Vita Vea drove yep. a car into Levante David. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be the only thing that would make my vibes go up. Like they're going to run Aaron Jones and like 15 times in this game. And he's going to average like three yards a carry instead of 10 yards a carry. That's what's going to happen. Oh my God. What if they run Aaron Jones up the middle and him and his flailing wacky waving and flayable arm failing two man cut style right up into Vita Vea. Am I wrong? Didn't Vita Vea miss a bunch of last year and he, they really didn't miss a beat. He, he broke his ankle yeah. tripping someone. Okay. Uh-huh. You'll have that. They didn't, um, they didn't miss a beat. He's just a great run stopper, but they can still stop the run without him because they still have those awesome inside linebackers. So They're annoying. They're a very well-put together team. How deeply upsetting. Tom Brady struggled a little bit last week, though, I thought. Yeah, he was yes. bad. Uh, he got bailed out by a bunch of penalties. Something else to keep an eye on. Of course, we're in Tampa, and t- Tom gets bailed out by garbage penalties, and he did last week, and that's one of the reasons <laughs> they won. Um but uh, he does struggle. So one thing that is worth noting about Tom Brady, that while he is always awesome and will never kill you, he has been worse when he hasn't had receivers. It does matter who his receivers are. His worst season with the Patriots was when they had that bug-eyed guy be their best receiver who dropped a pass in the playoffs, whose name I can't remember right now. Wes Welker? No, no, not Wes Welker. No. Didn't Welker have a drop in He's not a Super- bug-eyed guy. <laughs> Uh, Wes Welker had a drop on a deep pass that you shouldn't you throw to Wes Welker, but that I mean, it's one of the small guys, right? Amandola? No, it's not. It's an outside guy. Now I'm going to be looking through Patriot sheets the whole time we're talking. <laughs> now I'm annoyed. Um, the bug eye guy. I have no idea who you're talking about. Jeez, he's not good. He was just the Patriots' best receiver for a year, and um, it. It cost them. Okay, well, in, tw- in 2012, James Jones led the league in touchdown reception. So sometimes it just happens, okay? In any case, because they don't have, tar- if they don't have good targets, he is containable. He, he does actually need some talent to catch the ball. So that's a big plus. It's not like he can just go out there and dominate you like, um, I don't know, like Peyton usually could when his people were hurt. Um, that, that's a big plus. I'm not, it's not hopeless. I think it'll be a good game. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Let's but you do think Tampa Bay will win this I game. I do. I'm picking Tampa in this game. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to I I just didn't feel good about the second half against the Bears. Felt uh I realized there were turnovers involved there and you know they were probably far enough ahead at that point where they were taking the foot off the gas, but yeah, it just didn't feel like a team that was ready to really go toe to toe with the heavyweights yet. They yeah. still could get there, but was it Dion Branch? No, I think Deion, Deion Branch was actually kind of good. Okay. Wor- worse than Deion Branch. He had Osho Cinco for a year. He did. Uh, should I start reading questions while we're deciding who the bug-eyed receiver is? <laughs> sure. Let's move on to questions while me and Matt search for the bug-eyed receiver. <laughs> okay. All right. We start with our Patreon questions. Of course, if you are a patron, you get question priority like these gentlemen. Mark Fitzgarby. A lot of smart people I follow, myself included. I'm trying to think if that means he's saying he's one of the smart people he follows. Crush the Packers for their decisions to sign Aaron Jones for a big contract and use a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon. Are they now justified in those decisions? <laughs> Rish Caldwell. Rache Caldwell. I, that's your that's your bug-eyed receiver, Rache Caldwell? Yes, it is. Okay, that's good. I have uh, no idea who that person is. Thank God that's settled. Uh, oh, he's the guy that you'd pick up on the waiver wire in fantasy football back back when I played. Uh, let's talk about A.J. <laughs> Dillon now. Um, and you have to be careful because A.J. Dillon is kind of like the perfect fan favorite at this point. He has completely adopted Wisconsin and is beloved by all. But yep. I'm guessing you're going to say you still wouldn't have used that second round pick on A.J. Dillon. No, I wouldn't because it is... It's not a matter of, like, the argument isn't that the running back that you pick will be good or bad. It's that it's not a valuable position. It's better to get a good, you know, a good player than a bad player out of the pick. But um, it, it just it costs you a lot of capital to get a running back. And, um, yeah, they're both good. They're both really good. Uh, and, you know, they've, I would say, played about as well as you could possibly hope for um, on the new contract and as a second-round pick. That's good. It's it's better than it otherwise would be, uh, but you have to consider what they lost. So here's one thing. I, I will I'll give this to, to the AJ Dillon pick. There was not a lot of value immediately after AJ Dillon went. Um, it, it's not like you can point to a guy and, and be like, oh, they didn't get that guy because they took AJ Dillon. That doesn't really exist. So yeah, I, I am looking at this right now. The only conceivable pick I could think of would be Jonah Jackson. He's a guard taken by the Lions. Who's pretty good. He was taken mid third round. But other than yeah. that, yeah, you got. But I mean, nothing. that's what is that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think no one is going to lament that pick in history. It's yeah. besides everyone is still lamenting Kevin King. That takes up that's enough for for a generation of draft pick fail. So uh, it no, is. No one's too. So it's this. a process thing, and and like <laughs> they could have taken Cameron Dantzler. <laughs> Thank goodness they didn't take Cameron Dantzler. The eagle. By the way, the Eagles just ate Cameron Dantzler last night. <laughs> Um, that was their most of their strategy against the Vikings was just throw to the guy that he was guarding, which, like, like honestly, the stupid Packers, like, all they had to do was cover the guy catching all the passes <laughs> and, throw to, <laughs> and throw to the guy who can't cover anybody, and then you would have had the Eagles game plan. Sometimes this is not a complicated game. Um, <laughs> and, and the Eagles played man coverage, like, was it like all but 10% of the snaps or something like that? Yep, they played man almost all game. I mean, maybe they did that because the Packers put on tape that that's what you have to do. I I, I don't know. Could be. You know. They might also. Just I'm just trying to put on tape. Don't 
don't stay in cover four shell. Yeah. That's what they But anyway, I'm glad we have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I would have done things differently. I won't change my mind just because they turned out to be good players. All right, Tim Brown asks, why are you so convinced that Fields scored on the goal line play when the video is, in fact, inconclusive? Well, we went over the physics of how long a football is and the way his hand was. It, I don't know. I, it's I'm just, convinced it was a score. It, it, there's just no way to hold the ball where it's not over the goal line. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's there. We can infer based on his hand position in relation to the goal where the ball is. That's why. Look, man, can you see love? No, <laughs> but it's still a touchdown. Okay. That's... Oh, Matab. <laughs> That's so thoughtful. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if there's anything that, that I have learned in the last five years of existing in the United States of America, it's that no matter what you think truth is, somebody will disagree with it. So video evidence isn't as concrete as it used to be. We should, sports should just lean into this and be like, you know what? We're just gonna like look at the video and figure it out. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go for what's conclusive or inconclusive. It's like, what's our best guess? Because yep. a bunch of people are gonna think we're wrong no matter what we say. Or, so let's just guess. Or here's an idea: put some kind of positioning sensors in the fucking football. <laughs> we could do that too. You could also do that. That seems like a really difficult thing to implement. I, it's I, not. I maybe it's not. I, you really guy, don't think so? Not. I mean, no. you know better. You would know. You would know. I, I absolutely promise you it would not be difficult to have a within two millimeter tracking of a football. Would it involve lasers? <laughs> sure. Why not? All right. By the way, Rache Caldwell, the Patriots leading receiver in 2006, uh, targeted <laughs> targeted 102 so times. Uh, yeah. And another thing about Devin Aramush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rache Caldwell, the star of this podcast. <laughs> Patrick Detmer says it appears that the Packers want the offense to run through their running backs. Given that Levante David and Devin white have had a great track record uh, of defending Aaron Jones and the Packers run game. My question is through two games, does this Packers passing attack give you confidence that they can win a game through the air if they need to? No, not at all. (laughs) I want to, I want to see them actually throw the ball downfield when the situation warrants it. And they haven't done that yet. And they've, you don't have to against the Bears, but you should have against the Vikings. And you should hear, probably, that they're a good secondary, but you can't check down against the, the Buccaneers all game. It doesn't work. They, they're great at tackling in front of everybody. And Carlton Davis is having a bad season. I, he looks like he's hurt to me uh, when I just watched him play. There's a guy to pick on. There's a couple of other guys to pick on if they go wide. I don't think they'll do it. I think this will be another Aaron checks it down and makes me mad all game long kind of game. That's what I expect to happen, and I hope they prove me wrong. How are you feeling about our ayahuasca doctor these days? Two games into the season, uh, not great. Um, yeah, same. It, so he's still really accurate when he throws. Um, uh, he's had a couple of little stupid passes in the flat, um, but he has now some definite on tape weaknesses. When he's under pressure, he's bad. Uh, that did not always used to be the case with Aaron, who used to be very good under pressure. Um, he has gotten much worse, and that has stuck. And that that that's not good for them because if you can get in his face. You can turn him into a less-than-ordinary quarterback. He's not as fast. Um, he is not as mobile. He reacts more slowly to guys in his face than he used to. And he, like, if he has good protection, he can still rip it, and he's still accurate. But um, there's more vulnerability here than there used to be. And uh, he's, I would say, more of a top 10 than a top 5 at this point. All right, Timothy Faust. 
I know the savvy, statistically sound RAA opinion around the time of the Jones extension was that running backs aren't worth big contracts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the bang for your buck on replacement players is good enough. Does your opinion change in retrospect, given that Aaron Jones seems to be the linchpin of the Packers offense now? I just don't know what this team would look like if Aaron oh, wasn't it's throwing a, to Aaron. It's been two weeks. All right. Like. <laughs> Aaron Jones is good, but I don't want the running game to be the linchpin of the offense. <laughs> that doesn't work versus a lot of teams. It's great against the Bears. <laughs> It'll be great against a lot of other trash teams they play, but it's not going to be good against the Bucks. It won't be good against the Rams later or other teams they might meet in the playoffs. Like You got to be able to pass the ball. <laughs> do that. Um, don't, don't rely on... The, uh, don't rely on the running game to do things that the running game doesn't do. It's nice that it's there. It's nice he's good at it. But uh, they still have to be able to pass to beat good teams. All right, from Flaley Joel Osment, does tackling ability have a high year-to-year variance? Should there be concern with Amos and Campbell not looking uh, not looking up to form compared to previous years? I think we kind of answered this. Yeah, and it does have a high year-to-year variance. It's one of the things that factors into defense is not being predictable year-to-year along with turnovers. Um, it, it's... Uh, you guys do have up and down years on tackling. I do think a lot of it has to do with nagging injuries and just playing through pain. Like tackling hurts, um, especially at the linebacker level, and uh, you get punched in the mouth a few too many times, and sometimes you need to take a few plays off from that. Um, well, you remember the famous quote from uh, Clay Matthews after he got moved inside, right? Uh, no, no. I like hitting quarterbacks, not fullbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that does matter, and hopefully you guys will bounce back in season. But, you know, th- there's sometimes they don't, and it could be a problem. Uh, the nagging injuries thing, just like my conspiracy theory I've had all year is that if the Packers still use Toradol, they probably <laughs> won a Super Bowl in the last year. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying a, a David Bakhtiari that can't feel pain is playing in the playoffs hmm. against the 49ers. It's a fair point. Yep, and uh, if uh, everybody had just kept using performance-enhancing drugs instead of testing for them, then the Brewers would have been much better off and not lost their <laughs> best player for a couple of years. Also so, true. Anyway, Look, anyway. Man, it's, he, his fault was not using bioavailable hormones, and he was using designer drugs. Don't do that. Uh, rabbit hole. Yakel Gomak. <laughs> uh, he's got, this is a great question. This is, this is my kind of question. Can you use the Packers defensive starters to explain the difference between nickel, dime, base, and other defensive looks? Like Penny. It's mostly nickel and dime. Nothing about these names makes sense to me, and I'm tired of it. Matt, all you. <laughs> okay. Uh, nickel. Remove a, D, a linebacker, get a DB. So who's usually? Who, okay, okay, but where do you, let's start with actually base, base because yeah, that's that's kind of the starting point. Right? Base is going to be when when people talk about front seven four three three four that is going to be hand in the dirt plus linebackers. So four would be four hand in the dirt with three linebackers or three hands in the dirt four linebackers with four DBs two corners two safeties that and would the, be your base. From the Packers perspective, that's going to be Jerron Reed, Kenny Clark, and Dean Lowry up front. Um, it's going to be Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. Uh, inside linebacker, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Outside linebacker, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage at safety, and Jair Alexander and um, uh, Eric, Eric Stokes. Stokes on the outside. That's your base defense. How many guys have to have their hand in the dirt in the NFL? Two. Yeah, I mean, just two. <laughs> really? I mean, like, if you, if you remember the cycle, package, the cycle package was zero. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there is no restrictions in the NFL. You don't have to have any hands down. Not on defense. No, it's just you got to have 11 dudes. That's it. Yep. Okay, great. So, and uh, okay, so we switch to nickel. That means we take away a linebacker and put in a D back. Yes. 
And that's actually, it's going to be a corner. If you bring in a safety, someone would usually refer to that as big nickel. Big nickel, yeah. So that's Russell Douglas comes on, and usually that's Quay going off right now, correct? Yeah. yeah. But when it's Penny, you are losing Savage. So Penny is, you run your base, you lose a safety, and bring in a corner. That being Douglas. That being Douglas. Yeah. That being Sewell. And, and you do this because... Uh, you, you spend the most most of your time in nickel yeah. because teams pass in the NFL. You are mm-hmm. going to be you're going to need as many bodies in the backfield as possible. By the way, nickel is called nickel because it's five DBs, and so five that's nickel. Dime is called dime because it's it's two nickels. It's two nickels, <laughs> and it, it it's not ten DBs. It's just six DBs, but that's it's just yeah. bigger than dime or bigger. This than This is nickel, like tennis say. scoring: 15, 30, 40 games. It is. Come so, on. So the other inside linebacker comes off in dime and another corner, usually DB, actually. I feel like that one's a little more wishy-washy because you start yeah. to you start to run into the depth of your DBs at that point, and it's usually just the next best DB, whether he's safety or corner at that point. Now, I don't yeah. know of many plays where Devondre Campbell's off the field, so do the Packers no, run so, dime that often? I mean, if the Packers run dime, you're probably going to lose a pass rusher and keep Campbell. Oh, I see. Yeah. Keep Campbell. Keep Cam- like, so okay. you might end up losing a... You might end up losing a lineman, so then you would have like a two linebacker, two D line front. So then you would have uh, Preston, Kenny, Lowry, and Gary, Gary as mm-hmm. your four man front. Yep. And then you and then you would have a dime behind it, and then okay. you can have Dollar. What the heck is Dollar? That's just all the DB. All the DB is okay. <laughs> so, so Adrian Amos is rushing the quarterback at that point. <laughs> hey man, Leroy Butler did it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Charles Woodson made a living off of it. It's great. Um, have you ever seen Dollar in the NFL? Yeah, all the time. Uh, um, okay. the, uh, so the, the time you'll see Dollar most often is on a Hail Mary or something like that. Got it. Makes perfect sense. All right. Hopefully that cleared things up a little bit. Uh, I, I, it, all that, I, I know all that stuff in my head, but it does get a little foggy when it's like, oh, this guy's the nickelback. This guy's the dime back. They're referring to the guy who specifically is only on, of course, in those packages, but it just... It gets really foggy, and then there's you know slot, which obviously is a completely different concept. But you know you've got pennies and nickels in the slot, you know slot machines, and everything just gets really, really runny in my head as on the fly. Anyway, I have to stop oh. and think about it all. Derp, uh, the forty-six defense ran dollar a lot. Oh, okay, because that that was a base defense with a that was essentially a dime base. What defense? What are you talking? Forty-six. That What's being that? the Buddy Ryan eighty-five. Bears the Buddy defense. Ryan defense. Oh, I see. The uh, the Bears. The Bears. Okay. Yeah. Price Trozine asks, will the Packers use Quay on blitzes next week? I don't think so, because blitzing Tom Brady is a bad idea. And so <laughs> you're not going to see a lot of blitzes, I don't think, generally speaking. Uh, and so Quay won't be one of them. Should have should have done that against Cousins, but uh, that ship has sailed. On the uh, Green 19 podcast feed this week, Pete Doherty and Eric Baranchik did kind of their film follow-up. I believe that dropped Tuesday. And they... They talked about Quay like just not really being that physical of a player yet. Maybe just because he's a rookie, it makes sense, I guess. But that he might not be the type of guy yet who can sort of physically, you know, mess up. The speed is there and the ability is there and the body type is there. But he's still he's still got a little way to go with that. So oh, uh, maybe he's a little undersized, but he was later. he was finishing tackles pretty well at the end of this one. Like he was mm-hmm. he was uh, he was popping on film. Um, but uh, he he is he is a. A tiny one for the linebackers. So there is that. Okay. So sorry, Jr. I just discovered a good way to put dollar in terms of like Jeez. the alignment numbers: three, two, six. So usually three yep. linemen, two linemen. There you go. So 
six six and Rishi Caldwell. Brian Polakowski says, "Do any <laughs> pa- <laughs> do any Packers ru- do any Packers running backs or wide receivers end up with seventy catches this season? Seventy plus catches this season? How about sixty or even fifty? Looking for Packers r- running backs or wide receivers? Yes, um, you uh, think so? I How many third downs are there going to be? If there are fifty third downs, Randall Cobb." <laughs> <laughs> What about your boy Watson as the year goes on? Um, I don't think I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be the eighth target guy or so. Uh, Okay. I I hope not. I hope he starts uh, getting a lot. But in the words of Bo Burnham, "Shock Sherlock Watson." Mm -hmm. I actually don't know what that means. I I, you shock Sherlock. Yeah. Watson Watt W A T. Yeah, I get that. Uh There's like three puns in that line. It's brilliant. I I think they'll have. Aaron Jones, I think he'll get 70 catches this year. Um, it's just easy to feed him the ball in certain situations. I, I think Lazard will will push that. Um, I mean, he missed game one, so he's still getting back into the, 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 the swing the tap of things. Pass, the tap pass touchdown to Aaron Jones. My wife was watching the game with me, and I was like, that was technically a pass. Yeah. And she's like, what? And I'm like, he technically, he just like kind of went, ugh, and it's, it's a pass. And then I think who was calling the game? Was it Al Michaels? Um, yes. he was like that was technically a touchdown reception and I look at my wife and she's like he didn't say technically a pass he said technically a reception <laughs> it's the same thing they're both the same I think, but I, I think they'll have a 70 it's not going to be spread out that much eventually Aaron will get comfortable with one of the veterans could be Watkins too and, and just feed him a bunch of balls so that's I think it's point. a hot take to say that Watkins survives the season yeah I mean he's got to get out of the way of direct snaps or snaps at all I guess no so, Watkins not so, Watson so, so oh, Watkins, sorry. So the Watson fumble snap, Rodgers Im- immediately gave him the death stare, but then in the postgame blamed Myers. Yep. So I don't know whose yeah. fault that was. Is it, uh, you said Michaels, but he's not on it. It's Tariko, isn't it? It was Tariko, yeah. Yeah. Tariko Michaels, and Collinsworth, yeah. Michaels bounced to, uh, to Amazon, baby. Yeah. That Amazon crew is, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a really good time. The, the features are really special. They're neat. All right. PJ Wessels, David Montgomery ran well against the Packers. Leonard Fournette is probably a better running back. Does, <laughs> this, does he run this defense ragged? Yes. Yeah, yes, probably. Yeah, uh, there's I mean, going to be a lot of frustration here. Um, I, I guess if you want to lean on some hope, uh, the Vikings kind of didn't run ragged on the Packers. So nope. we're looking at the most recent game, but you know they they had one game where they weren't atrocious against against them, and but. Uh, and the offensive line is banged up for Tampa, but still, like I, I think they're gonna they're gonna try that and they're gonna make Green Bay prove they can do it. And uh, I think Leonard's good. I think they'll they'll have success. Didn't they give Dalvin Cook like nine carries? Da- Dalvin Cook had twenty carries for ninety yards. Oh wow, what am I thinking of? Which is you know yeah, that's that's bottled up pretty good. Not you gotta, great. Yeah, Alexander oh, Madison right. eight for thirty six, also not great. They did <laughs> a nice job there. All right, Brett Smith, with the injuries in Tampa Bay, how does the defense stack up against Tampa Bay's offense? And are you guys confident Barry can put up a good game plan together against Brady? We are just getting haymakered by the questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I think that the Packers should be able to win this game with game plans. Uh, if, if they put together an aggressive offensive game plan, I think they can score points given some injuries that they have on defense. And if they put together a smart defensive game plan, there's not going to be a lot of guys to guard. They can gang up on stopping the run. If if there's one receiver out there, Jair can take him out and now the rest are kind of garbage. Like 
they should be fine in this game. But no, I don't have confidence that Joe Barry can put together a good game plan against Tom Brady. This is my problem. I don't think they will. I think they'll be stupid. The XFL season doesn't start until after the NFL season, and Wade Phillips is just sitting on his goddamn I know. (laughs) We'll see. I hope they surprise me. They were smart often last year, but I just... I don't see it this game. I've seen too much dumb so far. Uh, Twitter questions. Now, Danny Noonan is at the top of this list. Danny Noonan, is he no longer a patron? No, he is. He just doesn't ask in the Patreon feed. Oh, I see. I see. So so he's our honorary first Twitter question because he is also a patron. Yes. uh, Which which he prefers we point out. Uh, As you... um, Oh, Danny, do you think the Packers will ever have another Hall of Fame quarterback, or is it just going to be Bart Starr when all is said and done? No, I think I think Cecil Isbell will get in at some point, so we'll be okay. Yeah, it's going to take one of those like booster, you know, anniversary committees to get Cecil Isbell in. But yep. we we can make this happen. We yeah. can we can advocate for him and get him in there. Um, I mean, I mean, Arnie Herber, right? Arnie Herber's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, that counts for something sure. in the, in the three cool. yards in a cloud of dust area. Yeah, I guess it, <laughs> it counts. Yeah. So uh, so the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. Bart Starr's or Bart Starr. Oh, man. Uh, Brett Favre's in a bunch of trouble. The the Mississippi thing is it's, it, it's it, very bad. He's a very bad, bad person. Did you guys yeah. see? Oh, my God. There was a like an NFL wide receiver who just tweeted a meme about it like an hour ago. <laughs> nope. Oh, okay, I gotta find it now because I was I was crying. Like Bart, Brett Favre, oh, Terrell Owens. It was Terrell oh, Owens. That's hilarious. Okay, and it was oh, it no. was the meme of um like the girl texting the guy like they're both lying in bed, and she's like, Brett, I haven't seen my food stamp card since you left, and then it's a picture of Brett Favre holding a bunch of Cheetos, and he says, Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Brett um, Brett Favre might go to like might do yeah, time for yeah. this. This is so serious here's, business. Here's what I, I I've done a little bit on this because uh, I wanted to put together a timeline, which we haven't run yet, but just a timeline of his involvement in all of this. And there's just some tremendous, ridiculously great reporting out of Mississippi from the Mississippi today, which is an independent uh, paper that's been leading the charge on this. And the, to me, the thing I don't understand or don't know yet is it, who, who is making the decision about, about charges because to this point, Brett Favre and the former governor, Phil Bryant, have been fairly protected on high. The The new governor, Phil Bryant, was uh, he's a Republican governor. Uh, his terms, you can only be governor twice. So terms expired and a new Republican governor took his spot, a guy by the name of Tate Reeves. And Tate Reeves has not been interested in prosecuting or, or really naming those guys as culpable. And, and it's all kind of fo- been focused on the former Department of Human Services, who is funneling money to this nonprofit, uh, federal grant money to this nonprofit. And, and the people employed there are in deep, deep trouble yeah. because what they did is they took this money and instead of distributing it to needy families, which is what the money was earmarked for, they distributed it all over the place to places people don't even know. But what they do know is a couple projects Brett Favre was involved with got some money, including a biomedical startup and this volleyball center that's gotten a lot of attention. And this this the relationship started in 2017. And, and even though you can't say beyond the shadow of a doubt, it, it sure feels like reading those texts that there was a pretty friendly relationship mm-hmm. and, and fair amount of knowledge about what was going on that you know, that I, you can't say Brett Favre for sure knew that federal money was being used improperly, but he was definitely speaking like somebody who didn't want certain details to come out. And I mean, knew he for that sure knew he was doing something out. wrong. Like, yeah, he did. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and if nothing else, you could you could certainly say what he 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 knew that he, he didn't do enough digging and, and you could argue immorality or whatever. But like he definitely didn't. 
he definitely knew that he would be protected and he knew that the governor would be a good place to go. And the governor was, was like his buddy was helping him out. So, uh, and you know, I'm sure Brett Favre is a, is a superstar times 10 in Mississippi. So he's going to have the protection. Mississippi doesn't want to see him go down. So like, I don't know if federal investigators ever get involved here. I suppose that could happen. It has not yet to my knowledge. So I don't know if anybody's going to be like, yeah, Brett Favre, you, you're in trouble. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's a lot of, a lot of paper trail right now. That's uh, it's, 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 it's looks terrible for him. And for the former governor, both those guys have not been charged with a crime and easily both of them, I think could be. Brett's been Absolutely. sued. The state's <laughs> trying to get his, their money back. I can't wait for, I can't wait for federal charges to come up against Brett Favre. And then JR has to write top things to, to do in Yazoo city, federal penitentiary. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. That's maybe, maybe not quite as flippant as I normally get, but uh <laughs> Yeah, that's a, it's a wild time. So, uh, yeah, Danny's insinuation. They've had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they've both had baggage. A lot, a lot of baggage uh, between Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Devlin Sheehan uh, says, running the ball, just for the sake of running the ball, isn't smart offensive football. But with the offensive line still figuring things out in pass pro and Aaron Jones averaging 9.1 yards per carry, which what looks like a smart pass run split the next few weeks? Hmm. Um, I think... I think too much what, running for Paul. No, <laughs> it is too, it's too, so much running. So I, I think Aaron will get about 15 carries a game. I, mean, I think he'll go no higher than 20. I think Dylan got so many carries in this game because uh, Aaron Jones was actually just gassed a lot. Um, Dylan was in there just relieving him after long runs a lot of the time, and that's why he ended up with more carries. Uh, there was some short heritage and goal line stuff. But I, I think Jones will kind of settle there, and then Dylan will fluctuate based on situation more. That's kind of how I see that. Run pass split? Uh, I think they'll run too much, so I think 15 is kind of their base, and I, I would love to see him start throwing like 30, 35 times, but they're slow and don't run that many plays, and they like balance, and it's annoying. So it'll be like 25 passes and 25 runs, and I'll be mad about it forever. In the NBC pregame, Jason Garrett, who is a talking head now, which I think is funny, was like, I really want to see the Packers run 30, 35 times because they always do that in a win. And I'm just like, oh, he's still doing this. Yes, he is. (laughs) So annoying. It's the race to 30. Just hand the ball off 30 times, then they end the game. All right. I'm just deleting questions about running now in the end of the rundown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ryan Ziegler asks, is Luke Getzey the problem or is Eberflus not good? Referring to the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus. Oh, I don't think it's either of the coaches problems. <laughs> um, I, I think that they just don't have a good team. It, it, uh, Justin Fields, I think, has a problem that's hard to fix. And they have six NFL players on their roster. And I, they already won a game. They should be very proud of themselves. <laughs> well, I think they get to reload next year and draft the quarterback high and start from scratch. So we don't know. They might both suck. They might be awesome. Oh. With so, I'm gonna ask a question that I just thought of because, damn it, it's my podcast too. Yep. Um, are the Packers going to be the new Patriots in that all of their assistants who leave go on to suck? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so because Shanahan people actually do well with some regularity. So right, but like Hackett, like everyone in Donkey Country is ready to string Hackett up by his thumb. He's legacy though. You know, he's not like a. Shanahan LaFleur guy he's in the True. old time he's, he's almost more of a McCarthy <laughs> my favorite is is like they're complaining about his clock management which and, is hilarious and running the play clock down and I'm like guys I told you Aaron Rodgers average time to snap is with three seconds left on the play clock yep like 
that's just what hack it comes from. Like it's gonna happen. Sorry. <laughs> that situation's a mess over there. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not envy the Denver's. Yeesh. Oh, I'm having so much fun with it, my guy. Uh, Neil Olson says, "Will Will Rogers and by proxy, <laughs> capital W by the way on Will, which of course it starts a sentence, but I'm like Will Rogers. Will, Rod- will Rogers. What's going the, on there? Are the Follies back? <laughs> yes. Will Rogers and by proxy Melifler get over using Watson exclusively as Jet and Dobbs exclusively as Screen this season, or will Week One miscues prevent them from ever reaching Kumbaro Winfrey status?" I think it's going to be hard. Aaron does not forgive lightly, and he's got veterans to throw to. So um, I think it's going to take injuries or random nonsense for that to happen. And if things just hum along with Lazard and Watkins and Cobb and veterans healthy, then they'll continue to just be used sparingly with these simple low-risk plays. That's Injuries and random nonsense is yeah. the name of my terrible improv group. Mm. They sound awful. Uh, come by that name honestly. <laughs> I think you forced that one. Got late in the podcast and felt like you had to had to throw one in there. Yeah, um, it's up. Right. It, I said it was a bad improv group. JR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was just about to say that doesn't mean they're bad at naming themselves, but it does mean that. <laughs> it does mean they're so. bad. <laughs> All right, Steve DeRozier. Why do the Packers use the shotgun when they are inside the three yard line? Wouldn't they be better off? going under center to either reduce the distance to the, that the runner must cover to the end zone or provide more deception for a play-action pass. Yeah, I wrote about this this week, and they should not do that. It is a bad strategy. It does not work very well. Uh, the only There's only a couple reasons to do that. One is if you can get them to come out light because they think you're going to pass and uh, around the goal line, that does not happen. Or if your quarterback is willing to take the option and run it, which Aaron said after the game he should have done, but he's never going to do that. He's not fast enough and doesn't want to get hit anymore. So it's just a doom-to-fail play most of the time. When you do that, it's much better to go under center. If you're going to run it, um, you can run legitimate play action off that if you want to. It's nice to have A.J. Dillon with a little momentum hitting the hole versus standing straight up with Zedarius Smith flying into his face. So, it, yeah, they, sh- they, sh- they should look at that. Their analytics guy should get on them about it. Matt, All he, right, a couple he follows you. Get, your, get their analytics guy on that. Tell him to stop couple discord questions starting with john ramos this uh this looks like a team that practiced but did it seem like tackling has been a bit sloppy yeah yes <laughs> regression to the mean drink yep it does they need to they need to fix it it's not great tackling is bad and it's a problem i think it mo- doesn't mostly come down to, to devondre i mean there's just so many plays he was making last year that we haven't quite seen this year and uh, I don't know. I feel like everything, if he's tackling everybody, it just seems like the tackling is going to be better. You know, I don't, I've always said, I don't care if the cornerbacks can tackle well. That's not their job. Yeah. I think it's mostly him and Amos. That's, that's where most of this comes from. Coffee Addict says, is the special teams legit? Is it truly dot, 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 no longer terrible? Mm-hmm. After two games, I can definitively say maybe. It, it, I, think it's, I think it's all right. <laughs> Two games in a row is good. This is nice. It's good to see. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're what, like like 20th in DVOA or something like that? Well, are, are, is that already out for special teams? I, well, I'm, so after week one, I know they were 21st, and I felt like they didn't move. All right. Well, I feel like they're better than that. But, uh, yeah, they're they're fine. And 20th is fine. I'll take that all day. Hey, man, I'll take 20th over 32nd. Yeah. Absolutely. Closing it down with Jerry Eldred. Is it fair to say the passing game and run defense are legit concerns going forward? Yeah, I think so. Until they show they can pass on a halfway decent defense uh, and actually push the ball, and until they can actually stop 
somebody along the lines of the Bears running game at least uh, this week. Yeah, it's a concern. Tackling is a concern. They need they have things to firm up still, and those are big deals. All right, guys, that's what we got today. That's it. Sweet. It's uh, it's Buccaneers week, which is I mean, Bears week has the emotion. The Buccaneers week has. You know, it's a good litmus test. It's a very important litmus test. That's a team they're probably going to see again if they get to the postseason, yeah. which which I still think they will. Yeah, this one will be actually educational. Uh, you know, week one, we were all kind of like, well, it's week one. They suck week one, blah, 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 blah. And then last week was New Mexico State. And then um, this this is this one is actually going to tell us some real information about this team. So looking forward to it. Kind of nervous about it. Yeah, I guess I would be, too. All right. All right. Let's go before that. Uh, JR, anything? Anything to plug? Um, yeah, well, we've got that as soon as that Brett Favre timeline runs, there'll be at least some information there if you're like me, because prior to this, prior to those texts coming out last week, I had I'd been paying attention, but only loosely. Like I didn't know the ins and outs. And then I got into digging, and honestly, it's bad. It's so much worse than I thought it was. Yeah. Uh so so that was something. Um <laughs> I uh I, I'm going outside sports for some real cheery business, which uh, which is to write about uh, this new show on Netflix about Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, because, yeah. Uh, that's I thought you were going to say the death of the queen. I <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> this is this is much more morbid than that, actually. No, uh, be like, I'm going outside sports to write about the death. of. The I don't queen. know if I can watch a show about Jeffrey Dahmer. Honestly. Well, oh, I, I, don't I don't know if I, I can I don't think I can watch another show about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Yeah, this is um this is a Ryan Murphy thing. Uh, he's he's got an interesting history of some of his shows. Uh, some of them have been very very good and very celebrated, and a, and a lot of recently have not been. So, I don't know if it's I don't even know if it's going to be a thing. Like I don't know if anyone is going to pay attention to it. I don't even know, and it's supposed to drop as we record this, like maybe later tonight or early tomorrow. I don't even know if it's going to be one at a time. Netflix has been experimenting with that, or like all the episodes. There's ten episodes, so. Uh, we we will see um it's obviously one of the worst stories imaginable and nobody wants to relive it so uh i'll be interested to see how they make it you know make it sing if if at all um and then other than that you know the brewers the brewers are over like the the it's time to write <laughs> it's time to write the obituary the like Phillies they lost they did and then the brewers lost spectacularly so they they're not going to the playoffs the, they, the phillies I, lost more spectacularly well they lost 18 to 11 yes right. but they at least the, the Phillies are better than the Brewers. They're going to go to the playoffs right. and, the, and the Brewers are not. And I mean, I, unfortunately, because it's baseball, you can't say that like legitimately a week from now, I think it's still be two and a half games out. And that would be enough time because heck in 20, 2008, it was enough time. That was eight, eight days left. They overcame a two and a half uh, game deficit. And uh, it was actually three and a half games that they made up on, uh, on the Mets that year. So they could do it. It's possible, but they have not shown that they can do it. And uh, so it's kind of just falling action from this point, I think. And uh uh, my opinion on scene. my opinion on them is they should be done, but they're playing against other teams that are like them, and so they're not done because Philly can't Phillies can't get out of their own way, and San Diego's got a really hard schedule um, coming up. They do, too. but San Diego San Diego is not going to be it. It's going to be Philly at this point. Philly yeah. Philly schedule is pretty tough. Also, they have. Mm, you know, they got like Houston at the end and Houston's not going to be playing for anything. So yeah. it's, it remains to be seen, but they have a lot of road games. San Diego does not. Also so we'll true. See. They finished with 10 consecutive road games. Yes. But, uh, but like I said, I, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not seeing it. The Brewers just don't win games consecutively. They just can't do it. No, they can't. Matt, you got anything? I'm currently working on a mixed media piece for Acting Packing Company. Oh, yeah. Uh, la- a year ago, I wrote a humorous article, um, that was also part 
video game review for the uh, two minute drill VR football game. And I'm working on one of those for the new officially licensed NFL pro era VR football game. The too long didn't read is that game is a raging piece of shit. Ah. Um, it's $30. Don't Ooh. buy it. It is. It is 30 one of the most bucks. Ex- it's, I think it's the most expensive quest Two game right now. Um, the that's a good use of the license i will say that all right like when you're when you're watching the defense play you're standing on the sidelines of a stadium it feels like the stadium that's cool uh the play calling is kind of neat but it it wears off quickly um the game is super buggy it's too hard for the quest 2 to run um so it locks up all the time Mm. i'm trying to force my way through a season as quickly as possible and it keeps uh, like i'll lose tracking it's 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 awful uh, apparently there's supposed to be a PC VR version coming out this fall and I have a pretty beefy gaming PC, so I'll give it a try then, but this is not going to be a good review. Um, this, the game is awesome for like 15 minutes and then you get really, Oh, also it's auto aim. So 2MD VR football uses like a physics, like it actually uses it a real throw. Hard your throw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is auto aim that it will very much like NFL blitz like where you're looking, it highlights a receiver. Yeah. And then you just kind of do a throwing motion. And if you like go like this. So it's like, the, like, it's like the terrible Wii Madden, basically. Yes. It's like a Wii Madden game. Oh, no, that's not good. Um, and like I said, it's a good use of the license. But after that, once that wears off, it, it is a piece of, oh God, it's awful. All right. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll avoid that. All you. So owners. I'm currently tr- like, I, I'm doing the fart McDuty thing. Sorry, JR. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm. Fart it's McDuty fine. I blacked is, out. I'm watching Jeffrey end. Dahmer stuff. <laughs> Fart McDuty is taking over as the Packers quarterback, and he's making his way through the season. Currently, the best quarterback in football. Like that's the angle I'm trying to go at, just because I am not having a good time playing this game. All right. Yeah. So uh, maybe it'll be out this week. Maybe it'll be out next week. I don't know. It's this is hard. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, keep an eye out for that. It's, but you know what? You watched NDSU film for like six months. I did. So like, it's true. I, I can work my way through this. Yep. Bad reviews can be fun too. All right. Um, I uh, I have my Shepherd column coming up tomorrow. I wrote a piece about uh, Justin Fields' EPA, and I'll have something else looking at uh, a uh, advanced stat relevant to the game later this week too. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for all of that. And of course, the mini pod will be out on Friday sometime previewing the books in greater detail and uh hopefully i'll i'll become more optimistic between then and now but i doubt it it's not looking great um but anyway um thank you all for joining us we'll be back next week uh recapping this one and uh enjoy the game on sunday